is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. All right, well, welcome everybody to number 60 of the Schaefer Baseball Report. I'm here with John Ennis today and Andrew Tootool-Zyke, the man that now owns a set of calves and a glove tool. Make it sound like I had a calf replacement. No, you always had you always had that tool. No, that's good. I own a set of calves. Yep. You own a set of calves. You've owned you own a set of calves <laughs> since birth. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive, though. You know, I mean, it's yeah. funny. How many times do we get asked what's your one tool when we're on the road? Like a people lot. that listen to our podcast. A lot, know, yeah, a lot of people last wanna, week asked. Yeah, they want to know what the one yep. tool is. Now, do you tell them you got a second tool? Uh, not as not unless they ask it. That's it. Or yeah. else, they, or else, I'll tell them, hey, go to the podcast and listen. Ah, there you go. There we go. Well, so a set of caps and a glove tool. And that's uh, that's pretty special stuff. So we're going to talk a little USA Baseball today. Going to talk uh, a little bit of what's going on in the in the big leagues. You know, how old school players and coaches and stuff like that are just kind of discouraged with the game and where it's going. And mm-hmm. uh, it's become tough to watch. And uh, our home play gala, a little 411 on that coming up. And Coach uh, Jack Leggett and uh, Hollywood producer and former Major League pitcher Mark Ciardi will be our our guest uh, our guest keynote speaker this year. So um, hopefully uh, you enjoy the show, and we'll be back right after you hear these words from our sponsors. This segment of today's podcast is brought to you by EA Sports Fields. EA Sports Fields provides professional athletic field construction, design, renovation, and maintenance for all levels of play. Former professional groundskeeper for over 20 years, they provide a unique perspective regarding your playing surface. You've heard of the five tools of baseball. EA Sports Fields excels in the five tools of providing an exceptional playing surface for players, owners, groundskeepers, fans, and your community. To learn more about EA Sports Fields, find them on Facebook at EA Sports Fields Incorporated or visit www.easportsfields.com. All right, well, welcome to uh, number 60, Schaefer Baseball Report. That's a lot of baseball reports. A lot of 60. That's a lot of BS, isn't it, John? <laughs> it's all BS. It's all BS, isn't it? <laughs> I like the way we walk in here, we're going to wing it. Five minutes before, like, you know, hey, yeah. you know, we don't have production meetings. or, or, or It's just like, let's just go. Yep. Let's just go. Let's see where it takes us, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about baseball, and that's the that's the basic outline. And that's the easiest there, thing for us to talk about, any, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it's all Without us about. getting in trouble. I guess we can get in trouble. We could. Huh. We won't. Yep. We will. So, um, good two weeks. We kind of we kind of boxed out of last week because we uh, we brought all the equipment up there and it stayed in the back of my truck the whole time. We just couldn't up and carry. Yeah, up and carry. Couldn't couldn't figure a way to get it out and get it set up and and uh, and get it going with anybody else up there. But who was there? Andrew, mm-hmm. John, Rashad. I mean, we had we had a lot of good coaches up there. A lot of good people. You got to meet Phil Hyatt. Yeah, met Phil yeah, Hyatt. Uh, Tim Mary. I I, I was really Mary. impressed with Tim out of yeah. uh, out of Virginia. He was he was sharp, man. He was a sharp old. Well, dude. That, we were talking about that today because we were trying to pair everything up. You know, when you get somebody like like I had Ken Coyle last year, and you had Tim Perry. Like he does everything. It's all detailed. All you got to do is show up and and go. And Andrew does that. As, you know, Andrew does that as well too. He can get everything in order and. I mean, I just like going on the field. I don't want to do a lot of other uh, stuff. No, I actually I did the I did the lineups and everything, and I, I basically came up with a system to just make sure that I got everybody enough innings so that they could go out there and either yeah. do well or or 
Ball do well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, you, you know? but everybody had enough opportunity to do one or the other. So yeah. No, we, I think we have a pretty good format. We make mm-hmm. sure that everybody gets. I mean, we're within three three innings and two at bats. Maybe you know, and it all depends. Sometimes yeah. uh, we run out of clock and you only play six instead of seven. And, mm-hmm. You know, but everybody's getting the opportunity to do it, and uh, you know, so it's always an interesting approach because. Getting getting through the process and getting there is is, is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you get there, it's fun. But then, you know, once you get there, it's not managing the kids so much as it is managing you know the parents and the expectations of everything that you know that are going there. So Especially have, for the younger age groups. Well, yeah. I wouldn't just say the younger age groups. I mean, I, I you know the, the looks are different on the faces of the older people of the older age group families because they've kind of been through it and they're right. a little bit tainted already mm-hmm. and they're. They're a little bit. Uh, they're cynical on the on the on all the processes, whether it's just USA Baseball or whatever. But, but we kind of, uh, you know, we kind of preface the whole thing about you know understanding the difference between opportunity and experience. Even though they're both there, opportunity is there, but the experience that these kids are gaining, you know, they, they'll never forget it. And it's it's always fun in the dugout. And the, you know, one of the things I want the parents to ask the kids before they go ahead and formulate their opinions and there's a lot a lot of good opinions there's a lot of good people that just love it and understand and then there's other people that just you know they can't they can't figure it out but i always say ask the kid before you leave here did he have a good time yeah because they you know they 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 rock it in the dugout we Mm -hmm. had we had we had some some good kids yeah um you know we got into the into the playoffs this week but we didn't we didn't play well we kind of shot ourselves in the foot again um, but it's, uh, I love it. I love going in there, and you're going in there this week for the for the second time. You had uh, your bookend weeks, and yeah, it's funny. You, you know, you show up on the workout the first day, and everybody is just kind of quiet and doesn't know what to do with themselves. And yeah. and then uh, you get into your first game, and you see guys starting to get more comfortable and and group up a little bit. And then by your second game, and then your and in your third day, I mean those guys are sitting in there bagging on each other. And, oh yeah, you know, they're they're mixing it up, and you know they've got their you know they've got their their little but you know buddy groups that are messing around and you know the family members are starting to know each other and it starts to come together so it uh it, you can you can see the evolution you know in you know it's kind of a microcosm for the a regular season but you can sure. see it right there in those four days you know how that team comes together and and um you know it's kind of funny you guys uh you guys sent me a little guy on the 11 u team a little uh uh, Smitty Smith. <laughs> Smitty. <laughs> I, I had to limit his Brain number of questions. Smith? Yeah, I, get, I had to limit his number of questions to five a day. He got five <laughs> questions a day. <laughs> and uh, man, it's funny. It's funny sitting there mixing it up with the kids because they start getting comfortable with you too after a little while. And and uh, you know he's sitting there and he you know after he'd talked to me for a sec he'd be like that was a statement not a question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, but going in, you know, it's kind of funny. Is, uh, is Andrew had kind of circled him and said, "Hey, watch this kid. He's a player." And uh, you know, he was an undersized kid, and you know, doesn't have great actions anywhere he goes. But he's, he's in the right spot all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, whether I put him out in the outfield or whether I put him at second base or whether he was on the base pass, yeah, I mean, he was just he was just good a good baseball player. Mm-hmm. You know, had nothing to do with mm-hmm. any particular sexy set of skills or anything. Just a good little baseball player, mm-hmm. and I got to see a handful of those last week. You know, five or six kids that were really, you know, above and beyond just the athleticism and the size, just good baseball players. You know, good instincts, good guys to have out on the field, little spark plugs mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, you, you see the uh, you see the small field legends. You know, those are the guys we call them the bigger, stronger kids right now that are going to dominate on that short field. And then the guys that you're talking about will eventually leapfrog these guys because they have good skill sets. 
and you're gonna go go ahead here you go Jeff all the little guys you want to give all the little guys a chance John's like I'll build a whole little little man team and that'll be the whole thing every time I bring somebody in it's like yeah Schaefer picked that kid yeah, well, there's no question when you see a kid come in the building he's got a his backpack is bigger than he is yeah. he's rolling in and he's got a little infielder's glove you're like yep that's a Schaefer and he's kid. got a dip in and he's, and he's eight <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's ready to play wearing a bush light t-shirt exactly, exactly. listen you know it's funny you say you bring that up I, when I was in Rochester in 84 um, when I was playing we were playing with Kelly and we had a, a coach's clinic and I have a picture of me talking to a group of kids with a marble cigarette t-shirt on <laughs> yeah your mom had to smoke a lot of packs to get you that no shirt kidding, didn't she man they came free so I just kept the labels remember you used to peel the labels off the top of the uh, top of the boxes we had a whole house full of those things back then but yeah but it, I, I love it I, I, I love being around the kids I love being around in, in the dugout I mean that's you know, we I, I sat down at uh, at the Wellington Duke bar the other night with my old college teammate Steve Johnson. He was we we met on the first day we got to Maryland, been friends forever. Um, you know, just talking about the whole evolution of the game and where people are at, and you know, and and and, and where the, where where the joys come from. You know, in in the game, like for me, it's being on the field, it's being in the dugout. This part right here, I. I you know I struggle with this. Thank God for Sue and Andrew and you and all these other people that that have some kind of um, you know skills as far as organization goes. Otherwise, I would just sit here and tweet and Facebook and oh boy and do all that other stuff and let my ADD just take me where it wants to go. Um, but you know, being in the dugout with these kids and listening to them and and you know, obviously watching the actions on the field and how they carry themselves, I'm I'm still amazed to this day. At certain age groups, how many of these kids don't understand how to play the game? No, it's 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 and it's part of the way we condition them too. And I mean, you know, we can sit here, you know, on our perch and say, hey, you know, that, that's not the right way to play the game. But we we also, to an extent, are part of the the same cycle. Mm-hmm. As in, we, you know, we train a lot of players to do individual tasks, and and that's what the focus of all the individual work is. All the individual lessons, it's all things that are aimed at, at specific players. Uh, what we lose, though, is enough time out there on the field you know and, and it's not those you know those those four games in one weekend kind of things but just consistent work day after day where you sleep on you know a lot lost are the days where you know you would go and learn something you would sleep on it you'd come back the next day or the day after and be working on it again now everything has to happen in one day right and then you know if it doesn't happen in that day it's another week until you get another chance to do it again you know there was there was more of a kind of an osmosis Back in the day, with the way it was structured, with the little league games, you know, you got your your weekday game, your weekend game. You've got your two practices there spread out throughout the course of a week. As where everything now is just condensed into one, and all the extra work is individual. Well, a lot of these kids have to be told what to do. So you know, to go go to your point, you know, back then, you know, we just played. We went out and played, and we it wasn't always in a structured environment. We created our own structure. We picked our own teams. You know, you had to be the GM, the manager, the coach. Um, you know, and you would you would go, and obviously the alpha male that was out there, or the alpha males out there, would take over and and you know and create the teams and, and determine the rules and things like that. But right now, more times than not, or I've seen more times than not, is kids don't know how to fix it themselves because they never had to fix it themselves, right? So if they have a bad weekend, they say, "Dad, I, I need a lesson. I need to go get told how to fix this. I need to do you know." this part of my swing is wrong or whatever, instead of just figuring out how to grind through it. I mean, how many different batting stances have you had in your life? Oh, thousands. And right? I got a funny story about that too. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you just did whatever you had to do. You didn't care what it looked like now. Um, you know, there, there's a video has, has taken the individual work to an, another level, but it also has created, you know, to an extent, people that are completely reliant on it and they've lost the feel. You know, you've got to just go out there and feel, you know, you, you know, we sit there and hate when you see a guy, you know, leaking out and stuff like that. But there may be times where that's what he needs to do to get out of a slump, to get the ball in play, to hit a ball backside, to do certain things. And when we were playing, when we were younger, we just had to try to feel our way. You know, it's kind of like, you know, water, just finding the, the easiest path. You know, it, it wasn't, oh, I need to hit the ball at this trajectory at this launch angle. It was like, I need to get the ball over here in this hole and we win. Like, well, that's what I'm going to do then. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, hey, I got to take this swing to hit the ball into, at this angle uh, mm-hmm. over into this person. It's like too much, too much thinking, not enough feel. There's a lot of video out there because I'm coaching third base and every time I look up, you know, it depends on who's up or whatever, but or pitching, this, this phone's videotaping every single movement of the kid that's, you know, and, and again, to the point you get, it's, it, you know, how many different videos do you need to determine, you know, what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong? You really don't. Yeah. So it's one, one thing if it's just like your parents' hobby, like they just got to go shoot video. But the most most of the time, I think they're you're going well, back and you're looking hobby. at you have it. A phone. You know, you're going yeah. back and you're looking at it, and and sitting there and you're and you're, you're micromanaging every single mm-hmm. move and things like that. And you know, I, like I said, I mean, I just think there's a loss of feel in general out there. I I, I was walking to the third base box out of the first base dugout on Sunday morning, and the hitter was right behind me. Good kid, right? Hitter's right behind me, and I hear coach, coach. Coach, as I'm walking right behind home plate, I turn around. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's, uh, what am I doing with my swing? What am I doing with my swing? Like, he's on the way to the plate. And I'm on the way to the third base box, and he wants to know, and he wants me to give him some nugget that's going to fix his. I'm like, dude, you kidding me? Just freaking hit. Yeah, see the you ball. Know, just see, hit, the only thing, The only thing I, 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 <sighs> I help with in the third base box is if I see a head pop up, I just point right. at my chin. It's like, just yeah. see it. You got to yeah. see it. If you can't see it, none of the other stuff matters. I mean, and again, the concept, the concept of timing, right? The concept of seeing the, the barrel hit the ball. I mean, the simple parts of just, you know, being able to compete, right? It's not like, I'm, for me, if I got two strikes, I'm, I'm freaking. Like, I'm completely short. And, you know, I'm 60 years old. So my whole generation of approach to hitting with two strikes is different. These guys are taking the same man hacks. Um, that they're taking, you know, in the count. They have no idea, man on second base, that my job is to move them over. We had one of the coaches there, um, and his his brother is playing with us, and he was coaching somewhere else. And he uh, he said, how did, you know, how did he do today? And I said, well, we had a man on second base, and he hit a ground ball to second. And uh, he got the runner over to third, and we ended up scoring a run. And I said, this, right behind it, I said, but I know he didn't intentionally mean to do that. Mm-hmm. It just happened, but that was good baseball, right? You know, and, but the kid doesn't get the fact that you know they come to the plate and recognize the situation. The situation now, especially at the big league level, is see it, you know, and and drive it out of the yard. Go deep, go deep, right? Go go deep, go launch angle, take take all the approach ways. So there's there's an interesting article that came out today. Oh, hold on one sec. Let okay, me, let me go back here. Real okay, quick. So, so when I was there two weeks ago, I, uh, Gary Sheffield's son was mm-hmm. on my team. Uh, <clears throat> Christian, Christian Sheffield, and I was sitting there, and I was kind of, you know, you know, it's pretty neat. I actually played with him very, very briefly with the Braves back in '02, but uh, I was sitting there thinking about when I was a kid, and so you're going out and playing your tape ball games and stuff like that. You know, what'd you do? You go and hit with whoever swing it was. I have no doubt in my mind that from the years 1990 to about 2005, there was no swing that was used more in a wiffle ball game than Gary Sheffield's. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I mean, Gary Sheffield probably hit three three thirty off me in his career, and he's and I've never faced him. You know, like, I, I faced Gary Sheffield more <laughs> on the wiffle ball, ball field, field yeah. than any other batter. You know, there used you know everybody wanted to do Conseco yeah, and McGuire, yeah. but Sheffield. I mean, there was just something yeah. completely unique about the way he waggled the bat and and got his load and everything. Yeah. Um, it was just it, that was just my that was my quick tangent. Sorry, my my, my Sheffield. Tag, I told Gary when when you know I've. I played against him, so we were on the field after after we had the brawl, but um, the big brawl in Seattle with Milwaukee, and he was you know he was young coming up, and it started at home plate, and I mean we were like you know I was on my back and his face was right here, and and then I had Andy Etcherbaron's face, and if you ever seen Andy Etcherbaron, that is one of the ugliest human beings you've ever seen in your life, and on top of that he's on me, he's right here, so I had Sheffield on one one side of my face and Etcherbaron on the other, and Etcherbaron's breath was horrid to go with the freaking look. But so I told Chef, so the last time we've been this close is, you know, <laughs> when you were on top of me and uh, getting ready to go go through a uh, the brawl. But that that he's uh, he was a class act to be around. He was he was nice. He was not you know not uh, what do you say presumptuous. He wasn't I mean, overbearing. He, was, no, he, he wasn't, was just there. Yeah. He let his kids go. He didn't step in. You know, play. You know, it's it's always interesting because you know I mean we talk to players a certain way. You know, regardless, I don't care if it's if it's Huck or my son or whatever. You're you know. Um, you know, we have a conversation based on baseball, not on based on you know what your pedigree is or who your dad is or anything like that. Which is trying to make what's best, and you know, it, it's it, the guys like that don't step in and don't get involved because they trust the process or they trust the people involved in the process. When others that have no freaking clue want try to, to tell you exactly, you know, what should be done and my kid should be this and my kid should be that. It's like, God, I had know. a I had a, a little a short exchange with one parent. And uh, he came up and, uh, and apologized later. It just, you know, kind of, he said it kind of came out, it came off wrong or whatever, but it, it goes right along with your point where it was like, just relax and trust me, okay? Yeah. By the end of this weekend, everything will have been sorted yeah. out and, you know, he'll, he'll have had all the opportunities he needs. It's not going to be right now, but, so just yeah. relax, just relax. And I was yeah. like, come on, just, just take it easy. Yeah, the parents up there, you know, Colangelo had an issue, you know, another, another big league had an issue, and then we're getting blown up on an email by this parent. And we find out Mike sends in his his uh, his player's information because the guy was complaining that it was like daddy ball because Michelangelo, a former big leaguer, is coaching, you know, 11-year-old kids and they got a problem with it and his kid is getting preferential treatment. And the fact is that the kid, the guy that was complaining, got more innings and more at-bats than Mike's kid. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know, oh, you got to Hey, I'll tell you what, for, and <clears throat> I think this is a true statement for, for ex-pro coaches is more often than not, we screw our own kid. Sure. You know, when it comes down to, hey, if there's any chance that it's going to be taken the wrong way, I err on the other side. You know, so instead of, you know, giving my kid a bliss, you know, a great review or anything like that, you, you muddle down the review. Yep. Or, you know, if there's, you know, playing time issues, my kid will sit. You know, because I, yeah. I, understand, I understand that, you know, it's going to be a lot easier if I do it that way than if, even if my kid does deserve it. Right. I can hold him back, and I can explain it to him later. You just got me two nights in the guest room because do. we don't pump up our kids. <laughs> oh, I know, no, but I mean, yeah, but it's the truth. I mean, listen, it, 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 there's, there's pluses and minuses of being the son of a, a former major league player, right? And the, you know, the pluses are that you know certain things that you know you can get, and and, and 
I guess you earned because you, you know, you came from that. I, I feel like probably the biggest thing <clears throat> is you're probably going to get the benefit of the doubt in the long run by right. outsiders. Sure. You know, by people that are evaluating you. They'll, you know, if you, whether you earned it or whether you're athletic enough or talented enough or not, you're going to get one extra look, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's at some point, you've sure, got to you do gotta it. Play. You've got to do it. You got you know? to play. But we are. We are tougher on them. And, you know, and, and I tell my boys, listen, it's, you know, my wife's almost like, don't even put the names on the back of our uniform. Don't, you know, because they're going to identify, you know, myself or your sons or whatever. And there's enough people out there on top on the flip side of that. You know, there's, there's people out there, okay, that, you know, that get it and, and hopefully our kids perform and they whatever they say doesn't matter. Um, but there are people on the flip side that want to see these kids fail because of where they come from and what they've done. They're not. Oh, because they assume they've had it easier. And they've exactly. Been, and they've yeah, been, there's nothing. Know, yeah, no. I, yeah. And, and I haven't seen, I haven't personally seen a situation where, the coach's kid wasn't treated harsher by the coach. Yeah. It's just it just doesn't happen because you know we're we're sensitive to that. We also understand that you know tomorrow we'll get emails from sure. from, from all the parents. No, I go I go back to Colangelo last year. My Colangelo's oldest kid. You know he he cut him going to the NTIS in round two. You know I mean he had enough respect for the game. That's a tough thing too. You know you as a parent you want to go hey you know I'll give you everything I can possibly give you and do everything I possibly can. But as baseball people and this is our business and this is our you know this is our life and we're trying to always be stewards of the game and do the right thing. You know sometimes you got to be tough. You know in in that situation go you're just not that guy. Mm-hmm. You know and hopefully they they understand it. I mean it never goes over well with the wife regardless. No. No, no, but it's it's better for them too, though, because you know if they have the competitiveness that you want them to have, they'll come back stronger from it. Yeah. So going to the uh, the article that was that just came out, you know, old school guys have a tough time. I've said I've been saying this for you know past couple years. It's getting tougher and tougher for me to watch a baseball game. You know, there were twenty four strikeouts and no walks in the game the other day. Twenty four strikeouts in the Tiger in the Tampa Bay game. I think it was Tampa Bay. And then, you know, we've been to games where nine hits and eight of them are home runs. And then I forget the game last night. It was off the charts. I think it was Milwaukee and... Uh, uh, God, Washington, 15 and Washington. Yeah. What the... I mean, that was like, what the... You know, that's what Chris Reyes taught the Chinese kids when we were working with the Chinese kids a couple of weeks ago. They, something would go wrong and they would go like, what the... <laughs> that was funny. But uh, do you find it that way? I mean, that, I like, you know, I... I, I I much rather watch the game now than watch the highlights. I used to like you get your catch up on, you know, an MLB and you get the highlights of the games, you get your scores, and you, you know you see whatever. Now it's just like bomb fest. I, I mean, it's just watching a home run derby every morning. You turn on the TV. Everything right now is suited, is 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 aimed for home runs, and it's 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 got to come back from that. It can't stay there because it's it's not it's not a legitimate. It's to me, it's not legitimate. If you put these guys' numbers next to guys from the 80s, say. Sure. I mean, there were some really good players in the 80s, but the game was played different. The strike zone was different. The maple bats, you know, it was ash instead of maple. These baseballs, I don't care what they say, these Mm -hmm. baseballs, when they get up in the air, they are going. Yeah. Uh, The the pitchers, I watched uh, Atlanta and the Dodgers play this weekend, and uh, I saw, so I watched Volkanovich pitch quite a bit. I saw Freed pitch quite a bit. These guys do not throw their fastball in the strike zone. No. 
There, I mean, these guys throw electric fastballs. Volkanovich mm-hmm. probably was well under fifty percent on fastballs for strikes. Every th- anytime there was a situation, it was a, a slider or a, or a you know a changeup or whatever their you know their splits or whatever mm-hmm. their, their version of it was. There, there's no fastball command, and I th- they are scared of their fastballs mm-hmm. because if if you touch the fastball and it gets in the air, it's gone. Yeah. You know, so they sit there and they try to miss bats, miss bats, miss bats, and uh, you know both pitchers were were in, you know it was. Uh, Freed limped through the fifth inning, and he was about 100 pitches. Volkanovich didn't... Five innings, 100 pitches? Yeah, yeah. Volkanovich didn't wow. get to the fifth. He, he got knocked out in the yeah. fourth, and he was up there at like 80... Upper 80s, almost 90 pitches. And you're sitting there, and you're like, there's, there's, these guys don't know how to pitch two easy outs. The umpire's strike zone is so tight. Like, it yeah. is so tight. I mean, you know, you see a ball that is, you know, nipping right. at the edge. Used to be back in the, you know, before yeah. the, the the screen was lit right. up. Those were strike, strike, strike. Now you can't. Those aren't strikes. So they mm-hmm. they go away from the fastball because they've got it. You know, they don't have any command of it or right. trust of it or whatever. And you sit there and you see breaking ball and breaking ball and breaking ball. And you see foul ball and take and foul ball and take yeah. and foul ball and take. You you, you rarely see a, a fastball over ninety five miles an hour that has movement either. So it becomes timing. It's, well, they're all trying to throw them up at the waist right. too. They're trying to beat them up. It's on a string. You, you know, you're timing a fastball so it's easy to get barreled, to, you know, not rolling over. You know, it, it goes to the point of defense, too. When we start looking at defense, now it, with the shift, right? I mean, I mean, the shift is just, I, it's pathetic. I can't, I, I hate to watch it because it, it just takes away from the athleticism of the game and the athleticism of infielders because you no longer have to be a rangy infielder. You just have to be able to catch a ball that's right at you. Right? It's, it's, I mean, don't blame those guys though. Blame the hitter. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the hitters aren't willing to to push one through the back. No, I blame the nerds, the statisticians that yeah. are reading all this stuff. That you know, uh, you know, that are that are you know sending down these spreadsheets saying the percentage of balls are going to be hit here, 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 and here. Okay, so if they're going to be hit here, here, and here. Then you know, move move your second baseman accordingly. Put them in the hole. Put them wherever. But you know, don't allow don't don't allow them to cross back over that side of the bag. It's it's just it's it's difficult. I mean, and, and I hate it because you know, it, and that's the part I think I love the most about what we do, is that we have you know we got young, young kids that we can you know we can teach the game the way that we knew the game. Maybe that's a selfish side because I don't know if the game is going to come back like you're saying. I hope it does come back to the, you know what it was meant to be because it was that way for over 125 years, right? And now it's evolving into this different type of. You know, guys are all armored up. They can stand all over the dish. They can just, you know, they can the, the ten well. The 10-day IL. So, they, I mean, it's almost like they have a 27- or 28-man roster right. because they sit there and, you know, every somebody's got a sore heel and stuff like that. And, they mm-hmm. you know, they skip a start and they've got an extra man in the bullpen. So their starters are only expecting to go four or five innings. So right. just blow it out for four or five innings. It, it, it's the, the the again the bats the maple bats. I don't think people talk enough about that. But maple was a big jump. You know, around right. two thousand when they jumped to maple. Now everybody's on maple. There's yeah. no ash out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a harder bat. You know, you don't see nearly as many broken bats. It's a tighter wound baseball too. The the baseball is flying. I mean, everything is stacked up to see home runs and strikeouts. Right. And you know, at some point, home runs aren't going to be exciting anymore they're not sexy anymore they, they were exciting they were yeah. exciting you know 10 years ago when yeah. you know if somebody hit 40 home runs it was a big deal right. now you know there's there's a in the international league or i'm sorry the uh, pcl yeah. where they're using the big league ball this year home runs are up over 50 percent. it's not a special skill anymore no it's not a special skill at all so these you know for a while these players i mean they're gonna have to bounce back with the baseball they're gonna have to adjust the baseball they're gonna have to lift the seams or figure out whatever they did to change them 
to the point where they're just absolute trampolines once you hit them. There's a lot of there's a lot of rules that they're looking at. What's this rule at the, in the in that indie league that they're talking about stealing first base? Do you know anything oh, about a pass that? ball? <clears throat> regardless, 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 yeah, regardless less backstop, than two strikes, you can, you can you, take off. You can and run go. first. Yeah, you don't have to swing at it. You can run first. Any count, any time. So now just throw cock shots and let everybody just tomahawk the ball out of the yard. Like don't even try to get fined. Don't 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 try to throw two pitches in the dirt to get guys to chase because. Uh, I don't think that uh, that rule can't stick. I mean, I that's a ridiculous that rule. That, I mean, say what you want about them adjusting the baseballs and stuff like that, but they haven't changed the rules on the field. Like, well, don't change the game. Don't, don't don't change the rules on the field. What about what about the uh, the electronic strike zone? Taking umpires out of it. I'm fine. Yeah, either go. In, I'm all in or all out. Right. Either either take those things off the screen so that you don't have to sit there and answer for every single pitch. Or go all in, and everything is by the is, okay. So is, the, electron, the electronic strike zone, and what about digital? What about digital or, or instant replay on every play in the field? It takes one so you second. just take all umpires out of the game. Sure. Umpires no longer become part of the game. We don't need them if, with with the technology well, that's out there nowadays. We we'll don't have need less them. arguments. We Wait. might we might last through a few, whole season without getting dumped. Yeah, there's not. Could you get dumped by a robot? <laughs> I mean, you would probably have you know one supervisor there, I guess, on site. For box and things like that, that an umpire, you know, like right, your instant replay right. guy, essentially. Right. So you'd have like one guy there for that, but everything else would just be, hey, we're just going to sit here and go by, go by the robot. So you're the balk ump. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's, you know, that was the that was the, the example. I wouldn't be hanging out at a bar tell us I'm, I'm the balk ump. But like, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. a, you know, a ground rule double. You have to figure out if a fan touched it, stuff like that. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, you need somebody on the ground on the ground to be able to at least look okay. at the replay. What if, um, what if so he doesn't really need to have any experience. He doesn't need to have any none. Baseball, none. None. Most of those umpires. What's that, Andrew? What do you got? What if they started letting coaches challenge pitches? Like they have that. Uh, they have the the box right, and they start challenge pitches if it's ball outside. Here's, here's something I think, I, I, and I think if if we went strictly by the north south, east right. west strike zone that is supposed to be, you would see more strikes. Because I think there. I think there's a nowadays umpires are more likely to call a strike a ball than a ball a strike. Strike a ball. What well, happened? Happened with the uh, the Yankees last night, and it was intentional. Two balls down out of the zone. I mean, you're more likely to see, you're, and that's the exception though. More right. more so often than not, strikes. you see those 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 like breaking balls up at right. the top of the zone that are called balls and stuff right. like that. Like I think you would see more strikes called if you just went by the box zone because right now what they're only really really good at is the east and west mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right they're right. really good right. they're really good right. not giving anything off the corners. But I think you would see I think you would see more strikes. Uh, which you know, if, I'm all for that. If you can, if we can find a way to get more strikes in, so the guys are swinging at pitches more often, that's a big thing too. Okay. I don't know. I I mean, I I, I get that point. I just I'd I'd like to see the ball adjusted. I'd like to see the bats modified. And, oh yeah, I mean, there's you know. I mean, they're doing everything to juice it juice it up. I mean, you know, and some of it's the pitching that they go after. They they're only they're only interested in velocity. You know, I I'd rather have guys watch Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs sit there and move the ball yeah, back and forth like, across yep. the zone, yep. get easy outs, outs early in the count. Kershaw does the same thing yep. too. He gets outs a lot of times early. A lot of soft outs. Early, yep. Yeah. Yep. Like get back in the zone, but uh, you know, they're the guys that are coming up are just they're absolute. Balls to the wall, flame throwing, no control with the fastball, and then slider, 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 slider. It's like this is this is garbage. Yeah, it's tough to watch. It is. It, it's it's definitely tough to watch, and I hate to see that. You know, you see certain kids even, you know, show up at these tryouts and these events that we do. You know, with that type of approach to hitting, you know, they just they're, they're just trying to scoop up and 
you know, and have no idea what they're, what they're doing. <laughs> we, so the problem is we get guys that are trying to scoop up that aren't as big as a major league hitter and not, no, hitting, and not right. hitting juice baseball. Yeah, and they get dead bats, too. <laughs> the USA, those USA bats were tough, man. We saw some guys barrel some balls that just didn't didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some modification on those bats that have to be made, too, because I think you would have been better off actually swinging wood than you would have been swinging. That's, that's, that's not a joke, either. The, uh, I was throwing batting practice to my little 7-year-old yeah. uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, he had his little 20... Eight inch or twenty nine inch USA bat, yep. and I mean he would he would barrel it and he'd come off the bat at a good trajectory and he'd bounce five feet it before the die. edge of the infield just and dies. Just just and then we had this little thirty inch wood bat thirty twenty five yeah. you know it was yeah, way yeah. too heavy for him but when he got the ball in the barrel I mean it was out in the middle of the outfield yeah it was it definitely traveled better than those USA bats and that was an old ash bat too I can't you know mm-hmm. if it was a maple he probably would have hit him into the parking right. lot but well, you know this. You wouldn't be able to change the metal bat out of the game. I don't think now because there's too much money involved mm-hmm. in it. You know, too many people. I don't get that. Well, I mean, I get it. I get the money part. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Well, that's it's like it's going to go into a manufacturer. Like we're shutting down your plant. And we're all going to wood, and you have nothing to make a wood bat. So our guys up in the mountains at Young Bats would let's just like be rock stars. Well, yeah. everything mm-hmm. they do is to try to make metal bats perform like wood bats, right? Well, I think what they've tried to do is take metal bats and make them perform for little people. Meaning, well, well know, here's what they say though: the the, the the stance though is we want them to perform like like wood bats, right? We would like that. We would like we them to like perform that. like yeah. wood bats. Yeah. There's there, there's plenty of wood bat makers out there. There's plenty of, of places that are capable of making enough wood bats. Yeah. So that every little leaguer could come in and get three three wood bats a season. Right. And use that, and then you're you, and then you you know you're not sitting there buying the the four hundred fifty dollar Easton bat. Yes, and he, you know, and again, these people buy four hundred fifty dollar Easton bats every year because Easton comes out with oh, I got the new modification, or I got the you know, or everybody's got the new hottest bat. Like these kids, like that bat's hot, you know. So I got to go get that bat. Yeah. So they're going to spend the same money every year if they get. I mean, yeah, and it's, just buy half a dozen wood bats and. Since I've been doing this, it feel, I feel like it's just about clockwork, about a two-year cycle on the specifications that come out, and you got a different stamp on your bat or, or yeah. a different mo- modification that you have to adhere to. So you have to buy a new bat. You know, you can't you can't run out there with with last year's model and things like that because it'll just flat out be illegal. You know, it won't be right. stamped right and right. things like that. And it's like this is just a racket. Everybody wants wood bats. Why? Not? There's good. You know, there's some good guys. Yeah, everybody, everybody, does, everybody. You know, everybody does want you know wood bats. Um, for a kid actually teaches them how to swing a bat better anyway, differently. I mean, the, the balance is different than a wood bat. You know, it's it's all in the head. But the other thing is, you know, people, well, you know, we're going to break we're gonna break a wood bat or we're going to go through so many woods. Half these kids don't even swing hard enough or pitchers don't throw hard enough to yeah, you're, snap you, bats. You're going to be fine. Yeah, if you're, you, you know, especially, <clears throat> you know, 14 and under baseball, you, there's, yeah. there's very little velocity and bat right. speed that are enough to actually break it a bat. Speeds the games up, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not driving the ball. We, we played in our, you know, in a little BIC 14U tournament down at uh, at Springfield, and it was a wood bat tournament. And everybody liked the format, liked the game, but, you know, some of the coaches that really don't understand the game so much, whatever, was like, oh, I really didn't like the wood bat thing. Well, the little dude couldn't drive the ball through the gap, but the guys that had some well, juice no, no. could bang it. If you, if you hit the ball on the barrel, it I it should go. I, it goes, yeah. I think it goes yeah. farther than the, than the, yeah. the metal bats. Right. But the, there's no forgiveness. There's no, yeah, you don't get that yeah. jam job. It's not me on the golf course, yeah. like hitting it off the, the shank and getting it down the fairway. Driver off the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> with the, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's so many different things that are happening. I mean, the, the, it seems like there's a change a week, you know, in the game or a discussion of the change of, um, of every week in the game. 
Um, you know, the home runs are, are frustrating. The the strikeouts are frustrating. I, I miss the hit and run. I miss the bunt in the game. You know, I, the intentional walk. You know, the guy throwing the ball over to catch his head or something like that. I mean, that, I mean, you've been in intentional walk situations. You know, and they're not always like comfortable. It's you know? not comfortable. <laughs> it's it's not. You're, you're like. like you're sitting there and you're like, nothing bad should happen right here. And it's going to happen. It's, it's, I mean, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so we got, uh, we got one more week in carry. And yep. we have the, uh, the, the oldest kids, the 15s and 16s. We saw some, we didn't see the greatest numbers, but we saw some, some, some better talent, I think, than we've some seen really in, talent, in, yeah. in, the past, in the past year. So that'll be fun because now you're coaching a different level of baseball. And, uh, um, you know, you get, you get a, different, uh, a different approach to watching the game by the parents and, you know, what the expectations are. So, you know, that, that conversation is always interesting. But we try to make the experience good when we're there. Um, you know, we have a good time with the kids. You know what yeah. I like about the older kids? <clears throat> On the younger kids, you get the, you get the, the position sets that they play. Yeah. And it covers eight or nine positions. Oh, and you're yeah. sitting there like, what's up yeah. with this? What yeah. do I got to play this guy? Yeah. You get the older kids and it's like, I, it's like you're hey, a shortstop. I'm a shortstop, but I can pitch too. Or I'm an yeah. outfitter, yeah. but I can yeah. pitch too. Or it's right. like, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is easy enough. Yeah. Well, and you have some kids that think they're a catcher, but they're not really a catcher. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, let me tell you, we had I had I had two tough conversations this weekend, and I, you know, and I had them tough because they're they're positive for the kids. You know, we had two dudes. We we literally had two like you know catches out of Miami beasts. that were these were cats, man. And uh, I I don't know that they they had a hair on their chin or anywhere else on their body, and they were one nines in the game. Good lord! Yeah, yeah, one nines, and then coming off the block, coming off the block, and being two two off a block, um, it was it was pretty it was it was pretty impressive. So, you know, I got approached by one of the kids, like you know, he's got it down. You know, he's a primary pitcher. And we you know played him at first, whatever. And a great kid. I mean, don't get me wrong. Just you know, but the the reality isn't there. He's a big kid. He's not as agile as these other guys. I mean, they're blocking balls and they're dying right there between their legs. Nothing carrying off their chest. Nothing going to the screen. And he asked me, he said, can I, can I catch? You know, I'm listed as a catcher. And I said, flat out, no. And, you know, he looked at me like, well, I said, do you think you're as good as these two guys? And he said, well, I think I am. I said, well, you're not. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was tough. I mean, I, I, you know, it's a 14-year-old kid. I don't want to crush his hopes or his feelings. But I said, look, dude, you got to look at these guys and you got to work harder to be like that. And they're only 14. You know, that's, that, that, that's got to change. And, you know, God, I'm going to get everybody together. And, the, you know, the kid's got his head down. I could see tears coming down his chin. And, you know, but, I, you know, I told these guys, I've had those conversations. People have had those conversations with me. You're too small. You're too weak. You're never going to play this game. You can't do this. Okay. All right. My, my approach was always different. I got mad. You know, but I also turned it into a, you know, I'm just going to show this guy that he's an idiot and he knows nothing what he's talking about. I would hope more people would do that. Well, that's right? what, yeah, that's the approach you take. But at the same time, you're like, I needed to hear that so yeah. that I pushed myself to be as yeah. good as I ended up getting. Yeah. If you never hear that and, you're, and you just keep going through doing things the way you've been doing them, yeah. it, you didn't, you wouldn't have been doing the kid a service if you hadn't yeah. told him. I took, I took a kid right, you know, here it is. It's, it's, I, pulled, I pulled a sucker baseball off the field right in the middle of the, what was it, we were in the seventh inning, Andrew, the eighth inning? Yeah, seven. Box the ball coming in at short, like just just clank, like frying pan. Then had a, then we moved him over to second, had a ground ball hit to him, and he just wasn't sure, caught it between his legs, just looked nothing of the part. When he was throwing the ball around, he was kind of short arm, like chicken wing pitch. Uh -huh. You know, nothing looked athletic about it. And then we were in the game. We ended up tying. We should have won because we went into the seventh inning up four nothing, and we we ended up having to tie it at the bottom of seventh, down one. So five five was yeah. We gave up five in that inning. 
bringing the kid, gets a freaking, I mean, cherry double play ball. High hopper to the shortstop. I mean, everything's right here, and boom, clank, done. Nothing. Base is still loaded. Knock. Here we go. We're down. And in my heart, I'm like, I should have got that kid off the field right away. But you're you giving him another opportunity when really the opportunity doesn't deserve to be out there mm-hmm. or didn't earn it at that time. Maybe it will somewhere down the line. So, you know, I, I called him after, I called him over after the game. and just like, dude, you know, you list yourself as a middle infield. I gotta, I'm going to have to play you in the outfield because the kid could hit. Mm-hmm. He could hit, man. He could swing it, and he ran pretty good. I'm like, you know, if you can hit, they're going to find a place on the field for you to play. But right now, you're not giving yourself a chance to play, you know, on the dirt. So, it, you know, it, it's tough. But people don't want – people don't like to hear <clears throat> the truth because in their world, it's, it, 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 hurts, it hurts their kid. Yeah. Right, so I know these these both these boys, right? Both these boys had to go back and talk to their parents after mm-hmm. the after it. The catcher kid, his dad wouldn't say goodbye to me or say anything after the game because you know it was like it was. The shortstop's kid, dad came up to me and, and thanked me for talking to him like that and letting him know that you know he needed to hear that. And the kid came up to me and said, "Best coach I've ever had. Thank you." Yeah, no man, like, dude. You, you know? He got they the the other kid won't. If he if he puts the work in, he'll appreciate it someday. Yeah, you know. But if he doesn't put the work in, and you can't, you can at least sleep at night knowing that you told him what he needed to hear. Yeah, it's not malicious. I mean, it's just it's just the point of hey, you know. All right, we got uh, gala home plate gala coming up November eighth. We have the phantom return of Mark Giardi. He's coming. Last year his his house got caught in the uh, those California fires and uh, got a phone call at three in the morning that he couldn't get out there. But uh, Rick Fur stepped up and. Did a good job for him, and uh, so Chiardi, the producer, former major league pitcher and producer of uh, uh, the Rookie and several other films, will be our keynote speaker. Um, scheduled again this year, and uh, Spirit of the Game Awards going to go to um, ABCA Hall of Fame coach Jack Leggett, formerly of uh, of Clemson University, Western Western Carolina. Andrew Catamounts. He's a Catamount. Uh, I think I guess it started sometime around there. Mm-hmm. And then um, also he is the manager of our 18U national team. And uh, he's a great guy. I mean, if you look at this list, you got to find this list, John. Look at these, look at these coaches that, that coached under, under, under Leggett along the way. That's look a at, lot of coaches. That's a lot of coaches, right? There's a lot of guys. So you have to have some influence on these people to want them to stay in the game and coach. Yeah, no. Because I'm, there's no money in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, and you see, you know, you'd see the great coaches like Belichick and Saban, like just look at how look at their like coaching tree that comes off of them yeah. and you know, that looks like good lord, there's player there's coaches everywhere. You got, you got, you got Backage, who just got, you know, uh, college coach of the year, was at Maryland, um, was under was underneath him. I mean, look at it, Tim Corbin. You know, I mean, you know, go down the list. Um, Tom Reginus. Reginus down yep, here. Down got Triplet down in Newberry. Yeah. And awarded the awarded. Southern. Yeah. So yeah, this is this pretty is impressive pretty list, right? Yeah. So, you you know, so you talk about spirit of the game. This is, you know, this is definitely somebody that's uh, Toby Bicknell, who's, the, um, you know, the thing about that UNC Charlotte kind of now. The thing we're mentioning about that is all of those guys coach hundreds of players yeah and you know affecting. what i mean yeah. that's a big list you look at that yeah. list and you're like that's a big list think yeah. about how many players those guys in turn have touched as well sure in a good yeah. way pretty special but that's a, that's a really special night we've uh, we're in our fifth it, i got it <laughs> <laughs> it, it went like it but then it circled back and it got me it got me okay <laughs> yeah we got uh 
But that it, that's a big night. Mm-hmm. It's at the Ballantyne Resort. It's November eighth. Uh, tickets will start going on sale this week. We're modifying some of the uh, the content. Uh, getting a lot of help from my buddy Rick Fur um, out of Atlanta, and Rick is coming. He's going to coach with us this week, mm-hmm. and um, we're looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun night. I mean, most people just camp in the uh, at the Ballantyne Resort that night because it's just there's not enough Ubers to get people home in Charlotte. So hopefully uh, you guys will join us. We're looking for sponsors. Uh, which we do every year uh, for the gala. And um, that's it, I think, right? Yeah, over gonna, our time, and we can we're packing shoot, it shoot up. the crap as much as we want, but over 40 minutes, that's our goal. What did we do? 43. Amen. We're good. It was like three minutes of quality content. That's about it. We, <laughs> give, no, we give no service whatsoever. 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 Yeah, but uh, all right. Well, we, uh, we look forward to next week. We'll be back. We're out of carry. We're done. We're home for a period of time. Start our, uh, our our season with our teams. doesn't end. Somebody asked me if it ever ends, John. No. Nope. It's just a different scene. Mm-hmm. And then it circles around. It's like the hamster wheel. It's going to come back. So, all right. We appreciate everybody listening to number 60 of the Schaefer Baseball Report. Peace out.